Bulletcast for life. Get up, get up! This is a revolution! This is our time to rise! Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I am a 24-year-old piece of gold, the greatest sports recreational podcast in the world today, and yes, I am still the microphone messiah, despite somebody being at my grandmother's door. Don't listen to that notification. Yes, you know why I'm here. I'm here to lead the evolution in the audio revolution. Nobody else is doing it. Not Brian Campbell, not my boy Sam Roberts, not my boy Peter Rosenberg, and hell, sure as hell, not Joe Rogan. But you know, I never do this alone. I can't achieve this success without my tag team partner. The Jimmy to my J, the Tully to my R, and the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the host of the award-winning Under the Radar, Hurston creator of Curveballs and Share Shots, the first ever and eight-time Bullet Cast champion. Hell, he's the current reigning Bullet Cast of the Bank, the Canadian Destroyer, BT, Brandon Tanguma. Brandon, it's Thursday. You know what today is. We're here to talk some pro wrestling, brother. Yes, we are a wide range of stuff today. But today, Philip, you know, sometimes I might lie and say I'm doing okay, I'm doing just fine. But today, today might be out of quarantine in the quarantine era, one of the best days of quarantine. You know why? Why? Because I might love wrestling, but I love baseball even more. And it is opening day. I'm excited. Baseball's back, baby. Unfortunately, my boy Juan Soto, my MVP prediction, has the coronavirus, so that's not looking good for my predictions. But Nonetheless, Washington Nationals versus the Yankees today. It should be fun, and then the Dodgers are going to shellac the Giants tonight. Oh, I'm, hey, there you go. There you go, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that, that you're happy. You know, when Brandon, and I'm happy that you're happy that I'm happy. Exactly, man. When Brandon's happy, the, the content is so much better, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so we are just going to get into it. Uh, so the Undertaker, the last ride, Tales from a Dead Man came on, and this on WWE Network right after the horror show, which it really it it earned its name. Let me tell you, I uh, listened to the Bullet Cast archives for that. I don't want to talk about it ever ever again. Uh, yeah. So this this is what happened. It was just Taker telling telling tales, you know, and like you know the drinking stories and that that we've heard have become urban legend over time. You know, Godfather's there talking about some of the stories, and now they had a fight over a hat, and just I I hope they they keep this up, you know, just every every week just keep having these tales, you know, keep having these stories come out, because I want to hear him on the network talk about when he outpartied Cypress Hill. I want to hear about the um. The night at the bar where Taker, I'm not Taker, but Vince was taking everybody's finish, and he took the uh, the Doomsday device from the Legion of Doom like at a bar, and that's why he was wearing his neck brace during the uh, the steroid trial in '94. I want to hear all that stuff. So, Brandon, did you even did you even know this was happening? Well, of course I knew that this was happening because we talked about it last week on the Bulletcast that I hosted, which uh, you can see I did such a great job that I'm not hosting it anymore. But I sometimes might flub a little bit and say that I watched that I watched it even though I didn't. But damn it, Philip, I actually watched this this time. And how was it? And when I mean I watched it, I mean I saw like the first five minutes after they aired it on Extreme Rules. And how was it? Fantastic. There you go. You know, Brandon, with your hosting, you know what? You can host episode 190. Yeah, there we go, man. I'm honored. Yep, 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 yep. We'll, we'll talk about 200. 
That's day after Thanksgiving. We'll talk. We'll talk. But yeah, so you know, the Tales from a Dead Man was great, and I, I, I love it, man. There are some stories he won't tell because, you know, he says those are just for, you know, the boys to keep and in, in remember, and then he said some of them he can't tell because his mother's still alive. So I'm like, oh, you know, that, that, that's respect. But, uh, you know, maybe he'll do a tell-all. You know, we don't, we don't know. We don't know. It's just great to, that Taker's broken kayfabe after 30 years of silence. You know, it's, it's awesome, man. All right. Uh, now to something more serious. You know, we, we discussed the Speak Out movement on this show when it first happened. And uh, the, the, the most controversial wrestler from the Speak Out movement was Joey Ryan. And he stayed very silent. Uh, he deactivated his Twitter account, his Twitter, his Instagram, all social media. Bar Wrestling social media was deactivated. His Pro Wrestling T store was taken down. All this stuff. And a couple of days ago, Joey Ryan, you know, his uh, social medias were put back up, and he had a link to this YouTube video that said, "Please watch," and he explains what happened. I it's about 55, 56 minutes. I watched the whole thing, and he gives evidence for every single encounter of the night or nights in question. He has DMs, he has text messages, he has receipts. Um, yeah, man, so... That's, uh... He, he gave a lot of evidence. He gave a lot of evidence. You know, he, 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 dis he discussed, you know, the, um... The sexual acts. He, he didn't go into grave detail. He just said, you know, sexual acts was performed on me, I performed on her. Uh, yeah, man. He, he gave a lot of... He gave, he gave a lot of evidence. So I saw it on the Twitter. I saw him post it, and I meant to go watch it. I have not watched it yet, so I don't want to comment and say how much I believe or how much you know this, you know, exonerates him from everything that he's been accused of. I still believe the woman, the women involved. You know, sex and consent is such a a complicated thing that maybe sometimes it's an some people think it's an unspoken agreement. Some people feel as though it needs to be spoken, which in this day and age, it definitely should be spoken upon and verbally agreed upon. So I'll, you know, I'll watch it. Maybe I can comment on it next week. But I, I mean, just for my point of view, I, I don't want to comment on something I didn't watch, even though I do have the gimmick with the, the dead man stuff. But, you know, as, as someone, especially because this is a very serious issue, I don't want to comment and say anything on the matter. So, Philip, you know, you can speak more on it since you actually did watch it. I mean, man, it, I... You know, no woman has spoken out about anything since this video was aired, you know, so, you know, there's always two sides to every story, but my guy gave a lot of key evidence and did all these nights to every accuser, so, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, man, I don't know, that's, that's, that's just where I'm at. I think we need to let let it develop a little bit more over time, and once Brandon watches uh, this video, then we can come back and really have a uh, a thorough discussion about uh, Joey Ryan and if his career will even continue. It does say something that all the people that have been accused, we have Matt Riddle who's done it, we have Joey Ryan who's done it, maybe a few others out there, but obviously not every single man out there who's been accused has done a video like this which would lead me to assume that more often than not those men actually did do those heinous things and if they are out of wrestling forever then let them go 
Yeah, yeah, let, 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 let them go. All right, so we all know Tessa Blanchard. She was fired from Impact, stripped of the uh, world title. Uh, rumor has it she wanted $150,000 to return the physical title to Impact. Yeah. I don't know if that's an official number that she wanted. Maybe that's just kind of the first number you throw out there because you're like, oh, they're not going to give it to me. But I, it'd be fun if they did give me 150 grand for this title. That being said, seemingly, it seems that Impact does have some money because they are signing some free agents at the moment. This doesn't exactly help Tessa's side because she does have the, uh, you know, the reputation of being a little hard to work with, being kind of a nuisance backstage, and maybe even you know a little racist and some other bad things that she's done. And I, I mean, people might say it's business, but I, I just feel as though that's not really a good look. I mean, Jeff Jarrett was blackballed from WWE for almost twenty years because he did that ultimate warrior the same thing so it's just something that when you do something like that it's gonna tarnish you forever especially in that company i mean sean did it and he wasn't tarnished but then again sean drew more money sean did a lot of things that some people would have been gone forever but vince loved sean he drew more money it's it's just the bottom line brother yeah all right keith lee the the leader of the limitless legion he uh he was on NXT of course he was he was the he's the NXT champion and uh was the North American champion he had a major announcement he said at the moment you know he's gonna focus on being the NXT champion and I think Brandon may have said this that uh, he should relinquish the NXT North American title and that's exactly what happened so on NXT they're having a series of triple threat matches and I guess the finalists of the, that series will go on at Takeover 30 to have a ladder match for the NXT North American title Brandon you're the NXT guy of the show. What are your thoughts? I am the NXT guy, and I actually watch NXT this time on a timely basis. I mean, when you're a champ champ, we, we see in New Japan that thus far they haven't relinquished a title yet. Usually in UFC, they relinquish one of the titles. So it's not uncommon for this to happen, but sometimes I would... I mean, he did do the double defense against Dominic Dijakovic last week, so I, I wish he kind of would hold on to it because... As a babyface, he did kind of make a, a good argument because he doesn't want to take away from opportunities because he has both belts. He wants to give the other people more opportunities to get this title. But then also, on the other hand, it seems as though you know he, he, he'd much rather have the NXT title, which in theory, the NXT title is higher prestige than the North American title. But I, I feel as though if you're going to do this double champion gimmick, you, you kind of hold on to it for a little bit and but then you don't want them to lose. And it's a whole complicated issue. But yes, they are doing triple threat matches. Bronson Reed was the first one to win his triple threat, beating Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano. So Johnny Gargano, obviously a you know a favorite, possibly to win that title back. But such is not the case. Then next week, it's going to be Finn Balor, Dexter Loomis. And I'm completely blanking on the third person. But I assume Finn Balor will win that. And if I can go on the Instagram real quick to see if I can find it, maybe I can uh, figure out who that third person is because I don't want to look like an idiot. Oh, Timothy Thatcher. How could I forget? Doing good work over that NXT. Yes, Timothy Thatcher, former APW Universal Champion. Shout out, shout out. 
Um, that's NXT, the most NXT we've talked about on the show in a little bit since, I guess, Keith Lee won the titles. Um, speaking of NXT, let's talk about the longest reigning NXT champion of all time, Adam Cole, baby. He was on Pat McAfee's uh, show, his podcast, and I'm going to play you the clip here. It's a little, a, a little long, but uh, just, just, just bear with us. I'll play it, and then we can uh, discuss it. So, that being said, here we go. You, because you know you're kind of small. <laughs> We're gonna go with the size thing now. Fuck you, Pat. Seriously, I'm sick of your shit. I come the whole way here to take time away from my family to come to do your stupid fucking show, and you're gonna continue to disrespect me. Don't touch me. Fuck you, Fuck you. No, fuck you. Get out of here. Shit. You alright? What the fuck is wrong with that guy? And we can just we can just stop it there. Yeah, yeah. So, um... <laughs> I guess we're not going to be on the radio this week? Um, I have no idea, dude. I have no idea. Yeah, are so... Are still on radio? Yeah, no, we are. Every Thursday night, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Check us out. Where's uh, that It... Oh, Jesus, I almost forgot the name of the station. Oh, my God. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Let me go to the bottom of the script here. Oh, yes, uh... 99.9 FM KW in Watsonville. There you go. Uh, yeah, man, so, Adam Cole, he's working, guys, he, he's working, if people think he's actually upset, let's calm down, guys, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's just a part of the business, he's, he, he's working, let's, let's not read into it too much, Brandon brought this to my attention, though, so what are your thoughts? Well, you know, I'm the big Pat McAfee guy on the show, so I love both these guys, Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, Pat hasn't done too much with NXT lately, but they do have some sort of relationship, I only saw the clip because I saw Adam Cole trending on Twitter, so I was like, oh, what's happening? And then I saw that clip. There is a full, I think, 15-minute clip. I don't I don't know if it's the entire interview or if it's kind of Pat reacting to what happened uh, in the interview. But I do sort of lean towards this being a whole work. But on the other hand, if this is a WWE thing, if Adam Cole is staying with WWE and NXT, this isn't a very WWE thing to do. I mean, he's you know throwing f bombs and doing all this stuff, and we don't know. We I don't even know the last time I've even really seen a wrestler from WWE do something like this. So, it, I mean, maybe I'm just kind of wishful thinking here that maybe Adam Cole isn't going to be signing with NXT, and he's trying to get a little bit of a, you know, make a name for himself as he's on the way out. Maybe I don't think he's going to be fired or let go from his contract or anything like that because of what happened. If he did take, because I mean, the thing is. Yes, I think it's a work, but it's like if this was a WWE work, I don't think they would have done it like that. But it is NXT and Triple H, and they're a little more hardcore than WWE, so maybe Triple H would have okayed it. No, maybe, maybe, maybe they're trying to usher in the shoot era. So I don't, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Well, I think Triple H tried to do that like eight years ago with the reality era, and that did not work. Oh, I mean, he he did that uh, 21 years ago with something that happened on this day, which we'll talk about. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, so that's that's Adam Cole, baby. Uh, moving into Inside of the Ring, Apollo Crews had a bulging disc, um, w- which was the result of Bobby Lashley's full Nelson, which was the reason why he wasn't able to defend the United States title at the horror show. So that's why MVP declared himself the United States champion. And, uh, yeah, so I guess whenever Apollo Crews comes back, he'll have the old U.S. title, and MVP has the current one. By the way, if the current one had a little bit more blue on the top, I'd be fine with it. Uh, yeah, so I guess they'll have a, un- like, a winner-take-all match for the titles, 
I assume. I haven't seen anything personally of Apollo Crews being injured. I've heard some rumblings that maybe he did test positive for COVID. And the thing is with WWE, especially in this era, they need to be more forthcoming with what's actually happened. They're being just so kind of, you know, they're not explaining what's going on. They're saying, oh, he's injured from what happened a few months ago. Tell us why he's injured and, like, show us evidence. Because at this point, like, I I don't know if I'm just being kind of pessimistic, but it's like every single time someone's gone, like, Billy Kay wasn't there on on Raw. So I just kind of assume that everyone's just kind of has a coronavirus type scare or some sort of positive result either by them or someone around them. And AEW, I think, does a much better job at being forthcoming with injuries and uh, coronavirus news. I mean, Tony Schiavone, he wasn't there a few weeks ago because his results weren't coming in, but then he was there this week. So it's just WWE just kind of keeps stuff away from the fans, and they don't need to. Just be forthcoming, tell us what's going on, and we we won't have to worry. Hey, man, when Apollo Crews come back, he going to have the big climb back like my boy J. Cole. Check out his new music on Apple Music. Yes, sir. Uh, yes. Waiting for that new Kanye. It's going oh, uh, to be special. That's tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm waiting for that new Drake album as well. Oh, man. It, it, it's all happening. It's all happening. All right. Uh, we're going to talk Impact Wrestling and Slammiversary on this show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I watched the show uh, last Saturday night. And yeah, man, things uh th- things happen there. I actually have notes from that show. Oh God. Um. So Moose. It was on the twenty sixth great greatest day of all time. Yes, 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 absolutely. Uh, yes. So Moose. My birthday, if you can tell. Yeah, absolutely. You know the the, the birthday of the Canadian Destroyer. I technically be twenty seven because the day I was born plus the other twenty. Anyways, go ahead. What it, happened on it, anniversary? Uh, the, the Moose, the self proclaimed TNA champion, defeated Tommy Dreamer. Uh, and, uh, well, I guess it was an Extreme Rules, no sanction match, whatever. Yeah, man, um, I, I heard Richard from, uh, he, he's on In The Click as well, and he did a recap of Slammiversary with Huey, and he said, you know, Tommy Dreamer's just trying to be Terry Funk, and that's kind of what it was, you know, with the Moose Sucks Egg shirt, it's a callback to, uh, Dusty Sucks Eggs, and there was actually a callback to that on, uh, AEW, we'll talk about that when we get there. But, yeah, man, I mean, Dream... Dreamer, I mean, he's older, of course. He was, he was a lot slower, but uh, yeah, this uh, eh, eh. it was better than the White Swamp fight. I'll give it that. Uh, the new TNA Championship, the White Strap, that looks saucy. Moose's presentation was absolutely great. He's come a long way from his Ring of Honor days, and of course, his days on the uh, on, on the field in the NFL. Uh, Brandon, what were your thoughts on Moose? 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 Well, I, I did not see Slammiversary, Philip, so I don't want to comment on every single match personally. But Moose doing the whole throwback TNA gimmick, I mean, it's okay. Moose never really impressed me too much. I thought he had, did have some upside when he first came in to Impact, but I think that's kind of fallen off. And, you know, him being kind of slated in this comedy type of role, I think it's good for him. It, he's kind of found his niche. He, he's not, you know, having high expectations to do anything crazy, especially when you're out there with Tommy Dreamer. So I think it's fine. Hey, honestly, bro, I saw this. I saw this meme, and it was like, "Mom, can we get Bobby Lashley?" And she, the mom's like, "No, we got Bobby Lashley at home." And it's a picture of Moose. I'm like, "Damn, damn, that's funny." Yeah. Um, Moose what, is the uh, knockoff brand cereal, which any anyway, it tastes just as good, if not better, because you get more for less. Oh, the great value. The big old bag of cereal. Absolutely. Uh, Kylie Ray, Smiley Kylie. Remember when she was with AEW? Oh, man. Uh, she becomes the number one contender 
to the knockouts title in a uh, in a battle royal that was not very good at all. Like um, Ty Valkyrie was in there, love Ty. Katie Forbes was in there, and it was just a bad twerk off with her and somebody else. Uh, Havoc was Jessica Havoc was in there. It, it it just wasn't good. I don't even want to talk about it. And then we get Heath. Don't call him Slater, baby. Comes in. He uh, cuts a promo. And uh, I forgot some guy. I think he's from the the Rascals or whatever. I think he's with that tag team. Comes out there and talks to Heath. It was like you know the last time you had a title shot didn't go so well. Talking about his appearance a couple weeks ago on Raw. You know Heath just you know hits him with a move and. Yeah, the production wasn't really good. I mean, mics were going in and out. Music wasn't really great. Um, yeah, before Heath came out, I missed the match because the feed died. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns, I'm big fans of them. They made the return to Impact and defeat the Rascals. Uh, yeah, man, so that happened. Um, any thoughts on Heath be, being with the company? I like Heath Slater. Or, sorry, just Heath because he doesn't have his last name anymore. Uh, he can I go by he's... Heath Miller. I think we can do that. That's fine. Well, I think his his gimmick right now was just Heath because I I did watch Impact. I watched a, a majority of Impact this past uh, whenever it comes on Tuesday. But with I know we're gonna talk kind of more overall with all the new talent. But Heath is he he's good. I I haven't really seen him outside of the context of WWE. I, I like what he did inside WWE. I think he could be more. I don't think he's gonna reach that top level Impact World Title level just because he has been defined so much in WWE. But I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Chris Bay, he's from the quote-unquote Bay Area. Um, he he won the X Division Championship. Now it's the Finesse Division title because he's the ultimate finesser. He defeat Willie Mack. I've seen Willie Mack out here in the Bay Area quite a few times. I saw Chocolate a, Thunder. Chocolate Thunder, yizzer. I saw Chris Bay uh, at the West Coast Pro Show I went to er, excuse me, earlier this year. Uh, this, it was fine. It was okay. Uh, some people may say Bay is still kind of kind of green. I'm like, eh, I don't know. It depends on how long he's been doing this. So uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, the North, yes, they retained their uh, Impact Tag Team Championships. Uh, they you know the North. They're they're from Canada, my home my hometown boys. Uh, all ego Ethan Page, a friend of the show, now liked one of our posts. Yes, yes, sir. They defeated uh, Ken Shamrock, who was in phenomenal shape at his age, and uh, former Impact champion Sammy Callahan. They defeated them to win the uh, or to retain the Impact Tag Titles. Thought that was very good. Thought that was very, very good uh, match by all these gentlemen. And then the Motor City Machine Guns come out there and say they're wrestling the North on Tuesday for the Impact Tag Titles. Spoiler alert: Motor City Machine Guns beat them. And last up, it was a five-way. Um. For the Impact World Title, the vacant title. So you have Trey Miguel, who's in there, who looks like a baby ricochet. Um, Rich Swan, I guess he was a surprise. Uh, Eddie Edwards was in there. Um, Ace Austin was in there, and I'm not really a fan of him. And then Eric Young, former TNA World Champion. You know, he made his he made his return to Impact, and he was in the match. All in all, Eddie Edwards becomes the Impact World Champion. Um, I liked Eddie Edwards back when he was with the Wolves, you know. He, he's just transitioned into some weird ring gear and kind of an interesting look that I'm not really a fan of. I like his finisher, the Boston Knee Party. It's a shining wizard. Not not as great as uh, Tegan Knox's, But all in all, this was a, it was a decent show. It was decent from Impact. 
Philip, I think you might have just wanted to block this out of your mind, which I kind of want to too. But you didn't talk about Diana Perazzo becoming the new women's champion. After oh my god! Thickness. How could I forget? That that was the best match of the show. Diana Perazzo became the new Impact uh, Knockouts champion. She defeated Mama Thickness. Uh, this yeah, it's probably the best match. I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, it was hard hitting. They, they they worked well together. The finish of the double arm bar and the virtuoso walks out Knockouts champion. I love it, dude. And now Kylie Ray, number one contender. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess let's talk. Oh, and EC3 made an appearance at the very last second on Slammiversary after the Good Brothers came out there and had some uh, brewskis with uh Eddie Edwards. So yeah, man. If you look at TNA's or uh, Impact Wrestling, I'm sorry, their their locker room, Anderson and Gallows, the Good Brothers. They have Heath. Um, they have Eric Young back, and they have EC3, Ethan Carter the third, and they all took the photo where they're fl- uh, flipping off the camera as a big F you to WWE, kind of like what Cody and Moxley did after Double or Nothing last year. Yeah, man, what are your thoughts on the new talent that Impact Wrestling has? First off, I thought that picture was super corny, like you're just straight up copying what somebody else did, and when somebody, I mean, when Cody and... Moxley did it. It was coming off a of double or nothing, which was this big revolutionary show that's going up against WWE and trying to take them down. And the other guys just signed with Impact. Now, that being said, I think individually, I like all these guys. I think they will shine. They will do some good work in Impact. But with the Good Brothers, kind of wish they went to AEW. They talked about talks with AEW being there on the first show, which I think if they did do what they said they were going to do on the first Dynamite, would have been. Absolutely fantastic. Would have been so much better than having Jake Hager debut on AEW. But, I mean, if AEW wanted these guys, I think they would have got them. I think all of these guys, I mean, and even Brian Myers. Brian Myers had a, Kurt Hawkins had a uh, a little vignette, a little, you know, 10-second thing on Impact. So he's another guy who's with Impact at the moment. And all these guys are fine. They're like mid-carters, lower mid-carters. And I think Impact, or aw rather if they really wanted these guys they could have got them but that being said i think aw is being smart and not getting too many ex wwe talent i think they're already kind of on the verge of stepping over that line and i think if you got you know multiple of these guys it would have been a little too much i think the good brothers would have been fine just because of they're the most talented one out of all of them i'm a little scared that maybe matt cardona zach Ryder could go there because he is such good friends with cody rhodes but I mean, all in all, the talent's fine, but if they were better and if AEW really wanted them, they could have got them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, I, mean, I, I thought the Good Brothers would have gone back to Japan. I mean, that's still a possibility. We'll see. Uh, yeah, man. I they mean, do have a new Japan clause, so they will be going to Japan whenever things open back up. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, D'Lo Brown, shout out D'Lo, you know, he... There was a video of him shutting his laptop uh, and grabbing an Aces and Eights cut. Luke Gallows was in the Aces and Eights when that was the thing back in the day, so that that could be a possibility for him to go back to that, and maybe Anderson goes with him. Uh, yes, I mean I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see where things pan out, but it's uh, it, it, we'll we'll see where all these all these guys do, and it looks like we're gonna be getting EC3 versus Moose for the TNA title, and I'm 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 not opposed to that. I think they'll do good business because Muth, for a man his size, is a freak athlete, and uh, EC3 was always so much better in in uh, Impact than anywhere else, really. And it, they have history too. 2018, before uh, EC3 left Impact, you know they 
they opened up their feast or fired contracts, which is basically like uh, money in the bank, but it's like a Vince Russo four corners on a pole match type deal. And uh, Moose opened up his, and it was a shot at a title, and uh, EC3 opened up his, and he got fired, which led to him going to NXT. So there, there's history there that ties into it. All right, uh, we're going to move on from that. We're going to go to this day in wrestling. WWF Brawl to end it all, 1984. Wendy Richter, she beats Moolah to become the uh, woman's champion. Great American Bash, 1989. Uh, Ric Flair defeats Terry Funk to retain the world title. In Your House 2, 1995. Diesel retains the WWF title against Psycho Sid. Sunday Night Heat, 1999. The Game. The Game promo. Triple H, this was like the first shoot promo of its time, you could really say. Even though in, in the Attitude Era, a little bit earlier, guys were saying crazy stuff. But this was just a straight shoot, like I am the effing game, all this other stuff, which would you know, catapult Triple H's career. And, uh, about a year later, he'd move on into that rivalry with uh, Cactus Jack McFoley. Fully loaded 2000, The Rock defeats uh, Pegasus Kid. To retain the WWF title. Rey Mysterio made his debut on SmackDown on this day in 2002. Defeating Chavo Guerrero. Great American Bash 2006. Booker T would win his 6th world title by defeating uh, Rey Mysterio. Raw 1000 2012. You saw the legends attack Heath Slater. You saw CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and The Rock have a promo. Which we're going to talk about later on. Uh, John Cena was unsuccessful in cashing in his money in the bank against CM Punk for the WWE title. And Battleground 2017, there was a Punjabi prison match in which Jinder Mahal successfully retained the WWE Championship against Randall Keith Orton. We got fan mail, ladies and gentlemen. Yay! Any thoughts on all those things that happened on this day? Shout out Rey Mysterio. This was like one of the first times I was watching wrestling, so I, I vividly remember Rey Mysterio jumping off of that cage. Well, you know, something that would be ingrained in my mind forever as a little kid. Yeah, that was that that was that uh, theme song. Who's that jumping out the sky? R E Y Mysterio. They uh, loved it, loved it. All right, uh, Alfie Lewis saw all the logos you posted a couple days ago. Which one is your favorite? Yes, I did that. I I posted all the logos we've had in the history of the show. Um, let me, let me, let me go to that, actually. We've had quite a few over the years, Brandon. I've always wanted to revamp and keep it up, so we've had one, two, three, we've had four. So, Brandon, I mean, is it the first logo where it's just straight-up copy and Bullet Club? Is it the blue one where we had the skull and the two suite and the microphone? Or is it the, the purple one where we had the Bullet Cast, AW, WWE, Ring of Honor, and Kenny's, like, doing the goodbye, goodnight? Or is it the current logo we have? Well, you, just like I'm the first ever Bullet Cast champion, you never forget your first. So I do like the the original logo, despite how much it is ripping off of the Bullet Club. And the reason we had to change our logo in the first place because pro wrestling teams would not allow us to be on there because it looked exactly like the Bullet Club logo. Yeah, that was uh actually no, 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 not at all. I uh, well yeah, it was that, and then I tried the the blue logo that didn't work, and I tried the uh, purple logo that didn't work. So I hit up Mr. X, and he. It was mainly the skull that looked exactly the same. Yeah, it was the skull that was the, that was the problem. So I hit up Mr. X, and he created this uh, this logo, which I don't think people know. Like what what what? It's a copy of another logo as well, but I don't think people know that. Kayfabe. 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 
Should I break it? You can do whatever you want. Should, should I break it? Uh, it's actually West, uh, not not world class championship wrestling. It's actually it's actually a copy of that. You see, world class would be on the top where the bullet cast is. The stars are at the bottom. In the middle would be two guys grappling, but and then it would where elite says it says championship and or podcast says it says wrestling. So that's it's an homage to that. You know, it was big in Dallas, and I used to live in Dallas, so I'm I'm paying homage to some Southern Territory wrestling. There, brother. All right, moving on from that, here we go. Going through the email. I have a lot of emails here, mainly from Uber. Jesus. All right, Hootie Who 420. Hootie Who. There you go. Hope the internet doesn't chew me up for this, but I missed the Spanish God. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that once we get to uh, once we get to AW. Oh, this is a very long one. Are you ready? Stay ready so you don't got to get ready. It's from Robert Walker. Randy is great. I love him. He's one of my all-time favorites, but he doesn't have a match that stands out as great. And I know he just had the quote-unquote greatest wrestling match ever with Edge, but seriously, look at it. When you think of certain wrestlers, certain matches they've had uh, that stand out, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25 with Taker, the louder match with Razor, WrestleMania 10, or WrestleMania 24 with Flair, Bret Hart, SummerSlam 92 with Davey Boy, the Iron Man match with Sean at WrestleMania 12, or the match with Owen at WrestleMania 10, and Flair, the three matches with Steamboat in 89. What is one Randy match that stands out like those? Oh, man. that's That was a really good email. Um... Yeah, man. You, you, have, to, you have to really look at it. What's, what's a Randy match that truly stands out like that, Brandon? See, now I think that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of... Not a Randy Orton hater, but just someone who I'm not the biggest fan of. It's His matches are okay to fine. He never really had a breakout, standout match like some of the other guys that he listed on in that email. So, I mean, the only one that really comes to mind is that Backlash Mick Foley match that he had that he referenced in his promo this week on Raw. I mean, yeah, he might have some bigger matches, like some championship matches and stuff, but... I think that's like his most memorable standout match. And it's not even a typical Randy Orton match, which kind of says something to himself. I mean, I mean, he was very young in his career, though, you know, when that was going on for, for the for the IC title. I mean, I, I, I think when you think, I mean, you could say the Christian match, but those are series. Which one truly stands out? You could say stuff like that with the Christian matches he had in 2011. Um... Yeah, man, that that you 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 really have to think about it. Like, what what is it? I I just I guess I'll have to go with the series of matches. I can't pick out a specific match from that series because quite a few of them were really good. Yeah, we man. don't really remember Randy Orton matches. We remember Randy Orton moments, and more specifically, RKO's. Yeah, yeah. I I think that's it, man. That, that's that's exactly it. And All right. you can say that the RKO is more on the other person actually taking the move than Randy himself. No, no, no. It's, it's Randy all day. You, 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 I mean, I didn't know Randy Orton did a, a shooting star press into an RKO. No, no. no. I mean, you, it, it's, it's, it's the timing in which he pops up to, to, to grab your head, you know. You know, it's, it's, it's execution. Execution all day. Um, yeah, so in Brightest Day X. Here we go for Mr. X. 
If anyone is interested, you should check out the latest episode of Ring of Honor. It's a tribute to Hana Kimura, showcasing some of her matches with uh, there and with some some kind words from people who knew her. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll have to check that out. Well, Randy's resurgence of the legend killer end with him realizing he's now a legend and trying to kick himself in the head. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, who's the better heel right now? The good old Dr. Britt Baker or Bailey? Um, I like, I like Britt Baker more, man. I mean, she, she's, she's a real role model, you know, even though Sasha and Bailey are the golden role models. I mean, I can't dis- excuse Sasha. She's the blueprint. Shout out. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Britt Baker and what she does. Brandon. I'm going to have to go with Britt Baker as well. I know Britt Baker might be a little more entertaining, so that doesn't really go with the heel vibe. But I feel like she's just so annoying, and she's she she walks that fine line of being annoying and entertaining at the same time to where you want her to get her ass kicked. And I just have been enjoying everything she's been doing thus far, you know. It's really selling the broken nose from the paper shot from Swole. And I think they've done a really good job. Like, if you would have told me, like, three months ago that we're going to have a Britt Baker-Big Swole feud, and I was actually going to somewhat care about it, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, last up, could Eddie Kingston join the inner circle, thereby uh, thereby reuniting with LAX? Uh, I don't know, man. We'll talk about that once we get to um, AEW. Dynamite! But we're going to get into Monday Night Raw. Randy Orton defeats the Big Show in the unsanctioned match. Uh, the Legend Killer takes uh, another Legend yet again, and he takes another head. He kicks, kicks, him, uh, kicks him in the head. Yeah, man. I mean, Orton's going back to that 09 Orton. I was at my boy Vinny's house. Shout out, Vinny. Happy belated birthday, brother. And, you know, he, he his brother and I were watching Randy just kick guys in the head, like kicking Shane, Vince, uh, kicking Triple H in the head, RKO and Stephanie, DDT in her and kissing her while Hunter's handcuffed. He's going back to that kind of sadistic Orton in a way, but then he's also being remorseful, which he wasn't back then. So it's it's a new blend. Of, of this stage of Orton, and I, I do thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, the match, you know, the, the, ma- the, the match was good. You know, uh, you have Andrade and uh, Angel Garza coming out there and attacking show. But all in all, two RKO's, Orton beats Big Show, then he punts him into uh, obscurity. And now Big Show can go back to the Big Show show on Netflix, ladies and gentlemen. Which the Big Show show, not that bad, to be honest. It might, you know, if, you, if you're into sitcoms and that sort of things, Definitely would recommend you check it out. But the match itself, it was pretty much what I would expect. It wasn't a barn burner by any means. You know, they kind of went through the motions, but not in the sense of being lazy or anything like that. It's kind of, you know, hitting all the big spots, doing what you know they're going to be doing. And Orton gets the win at the end, similar to what Big Show did after WrestleMania. Just kind of come in, you know, get some heat, do the job, and off he goes. Yes, sir. Yes, 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 sir. And the internet has told me that it is going to be Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre and expect to see some sort of angle this coming week on Monday Night Raw. Um, I, I, I guess we could just jump into it since we're talking about Drew McIntyre. Uh, McIntyre has granted Dolph Ziggler a rematch. Do we know if it's for the title? Sure, why not? I don't think it makes a difference because Drew is winning regardless. Bro, oh my, I swear to God, bro. Stop playing with my emotions, guys. Stop putting Dolph in, in, in these matches if he's not going to win. It, it it just hurts. It really does. It 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 really does. You know. I've watched this guy have how many championship matches over the years for the world title and he hasn't won. 
like it he's hurt, Charlie Brown in the football. It hurts my soul. It really does. Like let him just let Vince let him kick the football. Let him get the goal. Let him be the champion. Please. I'm serious. Uh yeah, Seth Rollins defeats Aleister Black with a curb stump, and then I guess he's targeting other body parts. He's no longer going after eyes, he's going after arms and, and such, which was the main focal point after the uh, match. He and uh his buddy Murphy just destroyed Aleister Black's arm. I predicted Aleister Black to be the next person to faith face Seth Rollins. I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought that he was going to have a match the day after Extreme Rules and then lose. So that doesn't really uh, help uh, Aleister Black's cause to get elevated from this feud if there is going to be a feud with Seth. I I just don't feel as though if you're going to have a feud with somebody, you don't start it off with a match and them losing. Start off with some angles. Maybe have you know a match and they kind of interact in some sort of case. I, I just don't feel if this is the way they're going to be doing it going forward if this is leading to a SummerSlam match why am I going to care so much because Seth has already beaten Aleister Black once before yeah yeah that's 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 that's, that's very much true maybe somebody else can uh can can move on up and then lose to Seth Rollins in the first match absolutely you always lose to the Messiah dude doesn't he need to be going on paternity leave soon? No. No. Shout out Becky Lynch. She was on the Bella Twins podcast. So if you guys want to get an update on the man, go and check that out. Really? Really? Wow, 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 wow. That's awesome. That's great. Oh, my God. Uh, what else happened on Monday Night Raw? Shelton Benjamin became the new 24-7 champion after super kicking. Uh, uh, what the hell is his name? R-Truth. And you see Ron Simmons talking to MVP and Bobby Lashley. And I guess they're the Hurt Business now. This is Apparently this is going to be some kind of new nation. 2.0 or something. Anyway, the Hurt Business comes out through the cut of promo. Ricochet and Aleister Black. I mean, not Aleister Black. Cedric Alexander. Jesus. Uh, come out there. And they're talking about, oh, they got a partner. It's not Apollo. And it's Mustafa Ali making his return to WWE television. Wasn't he supposed to be the hacker in SmackDown? What happened to that? Remember? He was supposed to be the hacker. And then the internet told me that he didn't like Bruce Pritchard and his direction, so he wanted to go to Raw, where Paul Heyman was head, and now Paul Heyman's gone, and now it's Bruce Pritchard again. So hopefully it doesn't hurt Ali too much. Wow, what a politicker, bro. Think you, you think you got that kind of pull backstage? You're not Brock, bro. Your backstage game isn't strong, bro. Wow, what a, what a diva. Wow. Adam Cole doesn't even look like a diva now after that video I've seen. It's It's... It's uh, it's Ali all day. Anyway, Ali, Ricochet, and Alexander defeat the Hurt Business. Does this hurt the Hurt Business by taking this first loss? I don't think so. I think having Ali come in, you know, win his first match with thank God that actually did happen. I mean, I'm excited to see what they do with Ali, but then it's also kind of like Ricochet and Cedric where they were doing something and then they didn't. And I'm not trying to get political and talk about race on this podcast, but... Why is WWE having all the black people in one storyline? No, no, New Day, New Day aren't in this storyline. Naomi in Raw on Raw. Oh, oh, oh. not all the. Hold on, hold, hold on. The Street Profits aren't in the storyline. They weren't on Raw. They are on Raw at all. I mean, they weren't on Raw at all. They are on Raw. 
but you have like a high majority of them all together. Um, you know, you know, we in this together. Shout out to my homie Clayton Thomas. Go check out his YouTube content. He's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, man. So that's that. That's all I have to say about that. Kyrie Zane defeats Bailey. Oh my God! I think Kyrie Zane's leaving the company. Yeah. It seems like she's leaving the company. We had some like thank you Kyrie Instagrams and tweets from people all over the company. Uh, she won on her way out, which is something we don't normally see. Who knows? It kind of leaves the door open for her to maybe make a comeback, maybe a one-off or whatever. Go back to Japan, live with her husband, be an ambassador for WWE in Japan. Good for her. It's kind of the same story where she had a really good NXT run, high hopes on the main roster, didn't really pan out all that well. I, I mean, I would like to hope that Kyrie comes back and does something because I mean, I don't really understand why she would win on her way out because Bailey is, you know, not the strongest champion to begin with and have her beat Kyrie. It is what it is. But then also, on the other hand, with Sasha holding the title, even though she's not really the champion, why is Asuka just okay with Sasha, you know, holding her championship? Because Sasha's the champion. Mm, no. Bro. And then Stephanie coming on the screen saying. No, if Sasha gets disqualified or counted out, she loses. No, no. Stop trying. Stop trying to unwrite or stop trying to. I I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Look, Sasha's the champion. Don't try to wrong it. This is right. This is right. Let's just let it happen. Let's just let it happen. No Shayna Baszler, so good. Right, right back where we started. Good. She was on Raw Talk, I believe it or not. Yeah, she was on Raw Talk. There you go. That would help if I actually watched it. Well, it's it's good content, ladies and gentlemen. You, you should watch it. Yes. All right, we're gonna move on. AEW. Dynamite. We kick off with a hot match. Uh, Cody's defending the TNT Championship. It's the Championship of America's Greatest Network, ladies and gentlemen. And lo and behold. The Mad King, Eddie Kingston, former Impact Wrestling superstar, uh, currently with the NWA, but they're on hiatus, of course. Eddie Kingston comes out there, cuts a very good promo, says, I grew up around alcoholics and junkies while you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth, grew up in this business. Tony Khan paid me for two things, one to show up here tonight and two to kick your ass. It was a hot match. It was good. There was a thumbtack spot. Didn't think Cody would take the take the tax, but he did. All in all, Eddie Kingston takes a takes a loss to to the American Nightmare. This this was a nice start for AEW. I loved it, man. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked the promo Eddie Kingston cut beforehand, kind of firmly firmly establishing himself as a heel, even though he was never on AEW beforehand. So whether people knew him or not, you knew what he was about. The match itself, I thought it was really good. You know, very different than some of the other matches Cody has had. Definitely Cody playing the babyface in this role, in this match. Cody kind of leaning towards a heel last week, and now he's kind of going back to the babyface role this week. Doesn't mean he can't go back to a full-blown heel turn later on down the road. But I like how Cody's not really exactly flip-flopping, but he's kind of leaning one way or the other, depending on who the opponent is. And with Eddie Kingston, hopefully, possibly, being a part of the AEW roster, I think was it Mr. X who said that maybe he could be a part of the uh, 
what's it, the inner circle? I yeah. think that could that could be a, po- a possibility because they did say that he does have a link with Santana and Ortiz. Yeah, yeah, that is true. But here's the thing, Jericho. You know, he's he's been very vocal that he doesn't want to add any more members. So I mean, but you you never know if 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 it fits or hell. Maybe Eddie Kingston gets Santana and Ortiz to turn on Jericho, and then you could have a six-man. That That's a possibility. That is a possibility. I think there is a story in there to where Santana and Ortiz aren't reaching their full potential, and if they link back up with Kingston, that they could reach that potential and they could split off. But then I think if they were to do that, I guess they're babyface. I think you could do it in a way which where both teams end up being heels at the end of this, but... I think somebody would have to be a babyface in this feud, and I just don't exactly see where that would go. Maybe Jericho later on. I mean, Jericho's obviously going to be a babyface. He kind of already is, but Jericho's ultimate end goal is going to be babyface, so maybe that's what they're looking towards. And the promos between Jericho and Kingston would be so good, dude. Or maybe just Eddie Kingston just straight up kicks out Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho's going to be on his own. I don't don't see that happening. And that's how he turns babyface. I I, I, I see more of uh, Santana and Ortiz aligning with Kingston, and maybe that's how they get to the tag titles. I think that'd be dope. That'd be dope. Uh, Moxley cut a promo after this match. Brandon, tell us about it. It was a very good promo by Moxley. Once again, it was kind of a backstage, you know, off dynamite set type of environment. Very similar to what we've seen from Moxley in the past. He goes over his match, talks about how he said what he was going to do, and if it happens again, he'll do it again, and he'll actually reach his goal of tearing the bicep off of Brian Cage. Straightforward. You know, we don't see a whole lot of Moxley every single week, which is fine. You know, make it a big deal when your champion shows up, and don't overexpose him. Absolutely. Later on in the show, uh, Taz and the FTW world champion Brian Cage came out there uh, discussing Darby Allen. Darby Allen shows up, and he gets attacked by Ricky Starks. So Starks has aligned himself with Taz and Cage. That's very nice. And Mox comes out there to kind of even the odds. Still don't know too much about Starks, so I am open to uh, evaluating him with unbiased eyes because I'm always unbiased, Philip. But, I mean, coming out of Dynamite or Fight for the Fallen last week, we did think that there was going to be some sort of tag team match involved with Moxley and Allen going up against Cage and somebody, and now... That Starks is involved, it seems pretty straightforward, and I'm uh, excited to see what they can do. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, uh, we have Maxwell Jacob Friedman defeating Jungle Man, which is Griff Garrison. Uh, yeah, I love MJF just talking <laughs> throughout the match. That was I, I love it, man. The, the guy's so good on the mic, and he's just being a being an a hole, man. You love it. I mean, yeah, I like uh, MJF's heel work here. Shout out Griff Garrison, a uh, a running bit on BTE. Everyone mis- mis- uh, mistaking him for Jungle Boy. So I did think that was a nice little nod to the BTE audience. And it didn't hurt, you know, BTE sometimes if they put it on Dynamite and do their shtick there. I think it kind of doesn't fit in the wrestling world, so to speak. So I, I think that this was a nice little homage and a nice little blending of the two worlds and MJF getting the win, as he should. Nothing... Nothing too major here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. We have Britt Baker. We have an update on her condition because she's the only role model that matters in professional wrestling, aside from Sasha. Love you, baby girl. And, yeah, we have a Rebel, which her name is Rebel, ladies and gentlemen. It's not Reba. That's one thing I will disagree with Britt Baker on. 
And, you know, she, she talked about her condition, how she had to have surgery. And, you know, Tony Schiavone, he, he had Brit mess up, so, you know, he has to suck it in so she can start all over. Just great heel work, man. Like, in, in, a, day, in a day and age where she's basically body shaming people and getting away with it, that's interesting. We already kind of talked about it. I like the promo. I think Britt Baker continues to do good work. And, I mean, I like the angle of her getting thrown in the face with a paper and then she goes to get nose surgery. Obviously, it's from when she broke her nose a few weeks ago or months ago. So I, I just love how everything just kind of comes together and they're selling it from the paper. And it's it's fantastic. Absolutely, dude. And uh, she said, don't count her out at All Out. So I guess at All Out, we will be getting Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker for the All Elite Wrestling Women's World title. I don't know about that. They're definitely pushing the big swole feud. And I think if you can have two women's matches on All Out where they actually matter, I think that could be a big deal for AEW because we haven't seen that thus far. Okay, so who 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 challenges Hikaru then? Well, we did have two women wrestle on this show that possibly could challenge for that title. I I well, it's July. It's all out is in September. I think in a few weeks you have the Big Swole Britt Baker match, and then once Britt's done with Big Swole, she can move on and take her rightful place at the top of the All Elite Wrestling Women's Division as the AEW Women's Champion. But I feel as though when the news first came out about her knee, that everyone was kind of pointing that she'll be ready in time for All Out. Nothing more, nothing less. So I think that's going to be her debut. Or re-return. Uh, uh, uh. Damn. All right. Well, anyway, um, Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Uh, I, I hear they're the best tag team in the world. This is what I hear. Um, they defeat the Butcher and the Blade in a Falls Count Anywhere match. It took place in the first part of it took place in the kitchen, which I'm like, oh, yeah, they, one of them's a Butcher. This actually does make sense. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, they're fighting in there on serving carts and all this other stuff, and they take it out to the ring finally. A uh, double table spot is what wins the match. And, ho- man, uh, the Blade doing that topic on Hilo to the outside and his face smacking against that table. Jesus. Jesus, man, that looked like it hurt. God, what were your thoughts on this match, Brandon? Oh, overall, I liked the match. It was split into two distinct parts, fighting on the outside in the arena or the whatever amphitheater area and then they move it to the ring in more of a traditional tornado style match overall the young bucks got the win which was the right move i thought it was good i think this definitely elevates butch and the blade because they haven't really had too many marquee you know good competitive matches thus far and so i think even though they lost and it was a you know a pretty stamp they lost clean decisive i think they still gained something from it Absolutely, and there was also an ad for uh, they're going to be doing a women's tag team championship tournament, or not a not a championship tournament, but a women's tag team tournament. Uh, are they going to be introducing women's tag titles? Is that what's going to be happening here? I hope not. I, I hope not either. Because there's already enough ta- titles in AEW, and they need to get their women's singles division in order before they start adding a tag t- team division. Look, they're, they're at a nice spot with the four of the titles Excuse me, that they have. We don't need any more, but tell us about the women's match, Brandon. Well, in the women's match, we had Ivelisse making her AEW debut, taking on Diamante, who has had a few matches on Dark. And in the end, Diamante gets the win, which I was quite shocked by. I thought this was kind of 
a foregone conclusion that Eva Lee was going to get the win. Kind of a big name comes in making her debut. Both of these women have had experience wrestling with each other and against each other. So I thought that this match could have been pretty good. The match only goes six minutes. I thought it was actually longer than that. It was kind of clunky at times, worked in others. But overall, Diamante gets the win. Hikaru Shida was at ringside and she was scouting. So obviously they're kind of building to maybe one of these women goes up and faces her, which I like that there's these two new women in the division. But the match itself just wasn't that good and it didn't get me excited to see, okay, these women can elevate the, the division. And I also thought Ivelisse was going to get the one and she was the better wrestler of the two, but it is what it is. I don't know if they just had her on a, a one-off basis, but we all have to find out. Absolutely. You know, Ivelisse wrestled in Lucha Underground um, when that was a thing, and she was also on that season of Tough Enough with AJ Kirsch, friend of the show. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, it, Diamante, I've never seen her before, didn't know who she was. I was like, Ivelisse, okay, I know who that is. You know, she's going to get the win, didn't happen. Um, it was clunky at times, as Brandon said. And I just, uh, it, it didn't do it for me. Moving on, Hangman Adam Page. One half of the All Elite Wrestling World Tag Team Champions. He takes on five from uh, the Dark Order. I got five on it. Yes, sir. Uh, Adam, Adam Hangman Page gets the win, defeats five, and doesn't even defeat him with the Buckshot Leary, just defeats him with a powerbomb. As you see, the, the majority of the Dark Order there, not all of the minions are there, but you have Evil Uno, you have Dick Grayson, uh, or Stu Grayson, I'm sorry. And then, of course, Colt Cabana and Mr. Brody Lee come out there. And, you know, uh, Brody Lee is like, I, I don't like the fact that you have a lack of friends when you're in immediate danger. And, uh, you know, ha Hangman just brushes him off. And so all of those gentlemen are about to get in the ring with him as uh, Lee and G Cabana go back backstage. And you see Hangman show up and FTR and all this other stuff. I mean, I mean, you see Kenny show up in FTR. Yeah. Match itself was fine. Maybe I would have liked Hangman to kind of finish five a little earlier. I mean, I think they did have a commercial break in the middle. But overall, it was good. Hangman gets the win. And I like how they kind of told so many different stories at one time. You have Cole Cabana coming out with Brody Lee, and he's kind of, you know, not sure about this whole whatever it was, like, eight-on-one situation. I think you could kind of see him talking and kind of be like, oh, are we going to, like, beat him up? Are they going to do something to Hangman? And then Hangman brushes him off, says, I'm not joining a cult, and FTR comes out first. And then Kenny comes out pretty late once everything's already kind of done. So once again, going to that storyline to maybe FTR is going to be with hangman maybe kenny and hangman arts they you know they're they're friendly you know they get the job done but they, there's still some tension there yes i like how uh, they finally admit that it's a cult it's, it's about time I've, I've been waiting for that yeah well i think the cult thing is what got brody lee angry yeah i mean it it, it is though it, it's it's a cult i know i've been saying that for but God. cults don't admit that it's a cult <sighs> it's not a cult, it's a movement, you know, I don't know, we'll see, we'll find out. All right, last up, um, Jurassic Express, they take a loss to the Big Hurt, Jake Hager, and my buddy, my friend, Le Champion, Chris Jericho. Uh, yeah, overall, it was a pretty decent match. You have uh, the, the, the size stature of uh, Luchasaurus and uh, Hager going up against each other. You have Jungle Boy, Jumpin' Jack Perry, hitting double DDTs on Hager and Jericho and all this other stuff. All in all, the uh, inner circle gets the win, and then you have Santana and Ortiz come out there and start jumping the guys. 
And this guy in this mask gets in the ring, and I'm like, who the hell is that? You know, I didn't even put it together, but it was Sammy Guevara. I didn't even think about it. I, I really didn't. I, I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right. It's Sammy's back. The Spanish god is back. Now sex gods can be a thing again. What are your thoughts on Sammy Guevara coming back this soon? Overall, I think it's been like maybe a month since he's been gone. The Sammy Guevara situation was always just kind of complicated, and it's kind of hard to really say how long he should be gone because he didn't do anything physically. It was all just words, and we don't have any actions to really, you know, back it up to say that he has done any, you know, any of these despicable things that he would joke about and say. For me, I think it might be a little bit too early. I would maybe have held off for another month. I mean, if you bring him back in a month, you still have if you have a storyline or something in place, you could do something with him at all out still. I just feel it's a little bit too early, but I'm not like dead set, like angry that he's back. So I can hear both sides of people who think, you know, this is the right time or people that think it's too early. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything, but what he said was absolutely disgusting. Uh, if, if he had come back at all out and, with Jericho in a big match and helping him win, I think that would have been fine. Would have been a big pop. Would have got some buzz on on that pay per view. But all in all, the Spanish God is back, and so yeah, the inner circle is whole again. And if we do get that um that thing that we just talked about with Kingston grabbing uh, Santana and Ortiz, and we could get Jericho, Hager, and Guevara against Kingston and uh, the former LAX. I think that'd be interesting. It could be interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. The inner circle is back as a whole. I'm so happy for my friend Chris Jericho, guys. All right, Superstar Spotlight. Who do we got? Who do we got? Um, let's. I got to give it to Eddie Kingston, man. Great promo to kick off Dynamite. You know, saying that Cody surrounded himself with former legends like Arn Anderson. I'm like, oh wow, this is good. The match was really good. Uh, shout out Eddie, man. And his promo, go check it out on AEW's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, his promo afterwards, after the match, uh, was very, very good as well. Now I'm going to go the NXT route. And not some of the NXT people that we talked about on this show, but I'm going to go with a promo, a vignette that they did on NXT. And that would be Isaiah Swerve Scott. He is maybe going to go up against... Santana Santos Escobar I forget it's like a dumb drug lord type name but I did very much enjoy his promo he was just kind of sitting chilling in a studio talked about how he loves to dance and how music and how it can you know affect him and what he you know just basically a good character establishing vignette if you haven't seen it I would definitely go and recommend you check it out Isaiah Swerve Scott formerly uh I already forgot what is oh sorry Scooby I hit my Shane, Shane Swerve Strickland Thank you, because yes. I think sometimes I combined like Shane and Swerve and Strict and Scott, and it's just, it's all over the place. Yeah, dude, I mean, we got to see him here the one time he came to APW, and yeah, man, I mean, I, I've been wanting to see him, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm an old school music fan, and that Shaka Khan just playing as he's grooving to the ring, I loved it, and it's, I mean, his current theme song's cool, too, you know, he's still vibing and grooving, and the, the music controls you, become a slave to the rhythm in a way, and yeah, man, I, I, I dug it. I, I dig that. I'm going to have to go listen to this uh, promo. Absolutely. All right, Brandon, what's our promo pick of the week? Well, you we talked about a Philip eight years ago to the day. We had Raw 1000, a star-studded event. We had a wedding 
it's been a while. I don't even remember the last time we've had a wrestling wedding, but we were going to have Dan O'Brien marry my girl, AJ, but then AJ hits the swerve on him and she becomes Raw General Manager. But after the fact, we get The Rock coming out after CM Punk tries to rub some salt in the wound on poor Dan O'Brien. The Rock comes out. He does his whole, you know, rock shtick. He kind of calls Brian a hobbit. Not exactly the best thing in the world for old D-Bry, but everything all turns out well for him. Just a good, fun back and forth. Three just pros. And I think this was kind of the early set, you know, the early point where we could kind of see something in Dan O'Brien to where he can really, you know, do that comedy that we saw with Team Hell No. Uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, he said, no, 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 no. And this uh, is where The Rock announced whoever the WWE champion is at the Royal Rumble, they will face him. They will go one-on-one with the great one for the richest prize in the game, the WWE title. Punk said, well, hate to spoil it for you, Dwayne, but it's going to be me. I'm going to beat Cena tonight, which, you know, he retained the title nonetheless. And later on in the show, he would hit the GTS on Rock. Uh, thus... Uh, turning heel and creating that uh, that extra element to the uh, latter part of the WWE title reign that Punk had. 434 days, ladies and gentlemen. Impressive. Impressive as all hell. Hell, hopefully I can be Bullet Cash champion for that long eventually if I ever win my championship back. I think that's the goal, to, to hold it for a calendar year. I think that's the new goal. And I hope to obtain it. Absolutely. Brandon. I think I haven't been Bullet Cast champion for 434 days, which I think is equally as impressive. Wait, what? I have not held the Bullet Cast title for, I think, 434 days, which yeah, I think is equally as impressive for me to be that wrong that often. Look, man, it's 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 okay, Brandon. You know, it's it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay, dude. You, you'll, you'll get there. You'll get there. I believe in you. As I pull up the Bullet Cast Championship records, uh, let's see here. Brandon, your longest reign was... Your first reign, which was 71 days. I told you I am the Sasha Banks of this podcast. I mean, you, you, you've had some good ones. Your second reign was 63 days... Uh, let's see, your third reign was 21, your fourth one was a day, fifth, 48 days, sixth, 27, seventh, 20 days, and your eighth reign was 59 days. Yeah, man. It's okay. I believe in you. 100%. Yes, sir. All right, our closed match pick of the week, Randy Orton versus Jeffrey Nero Hardy, a Hell in a Cell match from Hell in a Cell, September 16th, 2018. This was in San Antonio, Texas, about... 15,000 plus in attendance for this event. This is when they debuted the Red Cage. And this is, you know, Randy Orton had been doing the stuff of putting the, the screwdrivers in Jeff's gauge holes and twisting it and it, just making his ear all stretchy. They, he did that again here. And um, Randy was laying on the table. Jeff was hanging from the, the cage and he dropped and completely missed as Randy got out of the way and Randy won the match. What were your thoughts on this? A good match. Maybe, I mean, we kind of already talked about with Randy. He, do, he doesn't really have, like, a fantastic star-studded match, but it is very good, and this was this was the match where the uh, the spot with the ear hole, and that was not very nice. People didn't like that. He's in your ear hole, ladies and gentlemen. He's like he's like Blackstreet when they're performing no diggity. He's giving you an eargasm. Yes, sir. Or like what I do on the show. I give you eargasms. That's why you come back and listen. 
I appreciate you. I appreciate you a lot. All right, follow us on Twitter at BulletCast, Instagram, The BulletCast, YouTube channel, The BulletCast. Email us, BulletCast2 is in the number 2, S-W-E-E-T at gmail.com, 99.9 FM, KDM, and Watsonville every Friday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, Patreon. We're all over the damn place. Thank you guys so much. Check me out on In The Click. I'm the AEW correspondent for that show. Uh, I, I love it, man. It's, it, I, I love the new gig. I, I love it a lot. Shout out to my, my, my good brother, my, my other tag team partner now, Baby Huey. I have a couple tag partners, you know, when you go to different territories and promotions, you have different gimmicks and what such. That's just how it is. Uh, Brandon and I will be back next week with, of course, another edition of um, the Bullet Cast. I guess every Friday is when Curveballs and Chair Shots comes out. Is that right, Brandon? Every Friday, Curveballs and Chair Shots. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have an interview scheduled for a couple weeks. Uh, that's going to be an in-person interview. Yikes. Yeah, yikes. I mean, I'm scared. You know, you never know what's going to happen. But I, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to work out fantastic. Uh, fingers crossed that it actually does still happen, though. You know, with the whole quarantine era, you don't, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I guess Brandon and I will do a bonus podcast next week for something. I don't know. I'll have to think of a topic. Top 10 again, probably, most likely. Uh, yeah, guys. Stay clean. Stay strong. Stay safe. Stay quarantined. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.